Yeah, Grand Rising SFA Charlotte family. This is your boy, Knox List, a.k.a. Kalen, whatever you want to call me. You know what I'm saying? I go by both, but welcome, man. We are back, yo. How y'all feeling on this Saturday? Rising. I'm feeling good, if you cannot tell by the voice. You know what I'm saying? But we just came, you know what I'm saying? You got to kick it off. We always striving for achievement. And you can, of course, follow us on Instagram at sfa.charlotte. We are also on Facebook at SFA Space Charlotte. Please add us. We will add you back. Hello, hit us in the DM. Let us know how you feel about this episode, this topic. But before we even get into the meat, let's season this thing up, man. Let's season this thing up. So, you know, I, I, I got pepper. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't eat too much, but you just need it. You need enough, but not too much, because she might got to bite your head off. Keeks, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? How y'all doing? Peace and love, family. Peace, 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 peace. And, bro, got to get the salt. That salt, when the, the salt is not in the mix, it take away from it. But when you put that salt into it, you know, you got to have the right amount. You know what I'm saying? The right amount. Both, both, both. But you got to have the salt. You got to be the salt of the earth. Amen. None other than Brother Stokes, man. And SALT is an acronym, but we'll get into that on another I mean, day. I thought about it. No cap. I thought about it. I didn't even lead into it thinking that, but I was like, ooh, that junk is perfect, okay? I'm going to hold that off. Y'all might hear that, you know, in some future episodes. But, um, anyway, back to it. Maybe on the live show. All right. So, man, we're just going to have a conversation, man. Like, let we're just going to talk, um... And please, 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 feedback is welcome. If you want to participate in this conversation, please hit us up on socials, either our personal pages or our uh, team page, SFA Charlotte. Uh, we definitely want to talk to you all because yeah, I got some questions, man. Just want to just want to talk. So the first question, they uh, you know how we do. We're just going to flow. The first question I have, just open for the group. Whoever wants to answer first, you can answer. What from your childhood that you agree with conflicts in your adult life? I'll, I'll ask the question again for, for the listeners. So what in your childhood that you agreed to, agreed with, that in your adult life you're seeing the conflict, the conflict, you're seeing the cause and effect in your life? Uh, the floor is open. Well, I'm going to go ahead and share some of my experiences. Because I know even in thinking about the question itself, there were two things that came to mind for me right away. The first one is kind of hard for me to put my finger on it, but I'm going to go ahead and just flesh it out as much as I can. Um, How would I explain this? Being comfortable in my own skin. Uh. In every way that that is. So me and my mom, I feel like I've talked about this a little bit on previous episodes, but you know, my mom likes to critique my appearance. Um, so, you know, there'd be moments where my hair isn't done a certain way or if I'm lounging around in my lounge clothes, well, she doesn't mind me lounging around in my lounge clothes, but I think like if we're, if we're going somewhere, she'd be like, you know, put some clothes on. And I'm a very, as I've gotten older, like I dress up sometimes, but I love being comfortable. I mm -hmm. love my, my casual clothes. I love my sweatpants. I just love being comfortable. And in me being comfortable, sometimes it's hard for me to be comfortable and being and just how I look be, when other people are critiquing me. And this is something I still do with, deal with to this day sometimes. Um, 
because you know there's a time where my hair isn't done a certain way my mom be like um what you gonna do to your hair i'm like uh-uh don't start not today <laughs> not today no um or the most recent i'm an advocate for freeing the nipple so you know i'm i'm all about you know not wearing bras i love that it's very hey. comforting very comforting save the tatas <laughs> right so my mom is very she doesn't like that and it's funny because every time she brings it up i'm like mama you already know i'm not new to this i'm true to this like girl talk your stuff you just just <laughs> you're sounding you're, you're saying this to sound good but you already know i've made my decision baby so you know i'm comfortable in this yeah. Let me be comfortable in this. But I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, of course, she grew up with her background and just even in how she keeps herself up and the way that I keep myself up is different. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, she may have wanted me. I'm not going to say she wanted me to look a certain way, but sometimes I do feel that way. And I know even as a kid, you know, I definitely thought I was going to be that super girly girl. Ooh, makeup and heels and you know, all of that, baby, look. I see some of that stuff as an expense. And once again, I told y'all I like to be comfortable. Heels make my feet hurt. <laughs> my hair, I do it myself. You paying $400 for a wig, baby, no. You know what I can do with that $400? Listen, and you going to sweat it out tomorrow night. Right. Come on now. Now, not knocking nobody who does these things. Go ahead, sis. I love it. But that's not me. I like just being comfortable in how I do things. Let me be me, do me, and be fine. You know, when you dress up and wear your makeup and do all of that, I don't say nothing to you. You look good, mama. I love that, girl. Yes, go ahead. I cheer you on. I clap for you. I compliment you. Why can't you give me that same love when I want to not wear a bra and be in my sweatpants and, you know, got my messy fro going on? I still look good. Mm, and that's a bar. It, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're and it. It's hard, too, because I feel like when you make it hard for people to be comfortable, like, in just their natural skin, you feel like you have to look a certain way all the time. Because you feel like, well, if I don't look this certain way, then I'm not, I, I must not be beautiful. I must not be pretty. I must not be attractive. And that's something I struggle with, too. Because for me, it's like, well, I want to wear my messy fro, but I feel like if I wear my messy fro, then I don't know. Some people may find that problematic, but I feel fine with it, you know? And just dealing with that whole thing of, girl, you fine. Forget that. Forget what other people think, you know? You, you be comfortable in your own skin. You make decisions for yourself and even if people do have something to say, like now, my mom will start my hair. Not today. Uh-uh. You gonna pay for me to get my hair done? You gonna pay for me to get some some box braids? Okay, well then, baby, keep it talk like keep it pushing. What's Yo, I I wrote a whole poem because people kept telling me I need to get a haircut. Man, what's up? Cause, cause right, like, bro, like I look at myself every day. You don't think I know? Right. You gonna pay for it? Exactly. Like, no. Okay then. And like. I, it's, I, I hate the fact that I'm my hair. My hair isn't on me. Okay. Like, just because I, I, I didn't get a haircut, like, oh, I look ugly. And I, I, I honestly, I remember even when we were working at Menzies, I'm not trying to take over your time. I'll just add to the story. Shoot, we having a conversation. You know what I'm saying? You 
good. Cool. I'm glad we. I'm glad we all understand each other. <laughs> so, um, when we're at Menzies, like you know, sometimes my hair would just grow, and I just wouldn't care. And then honestly, I was running an experiment on myself, and I was testing myself to see if I would have the same confidence when I'm posting that Snapchat of the fresh cut mm-hmm. versus when God dog my joint is about four inches. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's so key because. It's crazy, like, you can post a story, or you can post something, or you could be around people, like, you got you, you don't got your joint done up, and people not saying nothing. The moment you get your stuff done up, it's like you're a whole new person. Oh, my God, you're so fine. Oh, look at you. Okay, do it. And it's just like, man, see, now I know y'all capping, because I'm the same dude. I just lost more. I'm just lost hair. I'm the same woman. I just had a different style. So I know you capping, because you would tell me I'm beautiful. Every day, if you really meant it, mm. that part that John that John TV off, so I had to say that. I, I feel you, Keeks. I feel you, and I hate that it happens with our parents the most. And I, I understand they look, they trying to look out, but it comes off like you don't love me, right? Or like you're trying to fix me, yes, that, yes, yes, yeah, it do, it do, it do, and and we don't give enough and I hate using this word but excuse me I dislike using this word um we don't give enough credit to just how indoctrinated we are into this American culture yep you can synonymously say into white culture and it it goes so it's so pervasive because I'm not talking about our hairstyles or or our parents urging for us to have our uh, looks kept up or 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 neat and freshly pressed. I'm saying that that is a real extension of what the American culture put what is called respectable versus mm-hmm. what's called uh, non-respectable or disrespectful because one of the greatest um, slogans that uh, came about in the in the late 60s, early 70s was uh, among Caucasian people when the children of that era or what you could call the flower children, the baby boomers, when they out of protest against their parents, that uh, World War II generation, that Korean War generation, uh, they began growing, the men began growing their hair long and the girls began not keeping their um, pubic hairs neatly trimmed, their underarm hairs, their leg hairs. Like they just began this, and it, it all coincided with what could be called the free love movement as well. But inside of Caucasian culture, that was an act of rebellion against the parents because in, in those days, the Caucasian children were looking at their parents like, why are you trying to make me feel like I need to be you? I, I don't need your job. I don't need your construct, man. I got, you know, they were experimenting with LSD. They were 
They were uh, experimenting with acid. They were following the Grateful Dead. You had kids living out of vans. So, you know, today you kind of see a repeat of that, but you're seeing it across many different cultures. You're not just seeing it within the Caucasian household. You're seeing it in the Asian households. You're seeing it in the Black households. You're seeing it in the Latino households. So you're, you're right. If you love me, you love me. And, and I understand a bit of what your parents would be doing or what society would put on you through Snapchat, through Instagram stories. But at the end of the day, you are correct. If you are who you are as a human being and you are loved for who you are as a human being, the, the rapper that you come in would a whole lot. Okay, watch this. Watch Ooh. this. I, say this and I'm going to be quiet for this part. Um, and I, I, I've asked this question to both of you before. You might not remember. But it's a question that I remember one of my mentors asked me, and that is, when you go to the store to buy some Coca-Cola and you grab the bottle, are you paying for the bottle or are you paying for the Coca-Cola in the bottle? Mm. And the answer is very simple. You're paying for the Coca-Cola in the bottle. You want to know why that's such a simple answer? Because in all of American history, we have gotten to the place to understand that we need trash cans to collect trash. So immediately after you finish drinking your Coca-Cola, the bottle becomes trash. Mm -hmm. The bottle becomes insignificant once the Coca-Cola is gone. Oh my so, goodness. So as a human being, we want you around is because of all that is within you. This is why we, this is why, yes, we do cry and mourn when you're put in a coffin and put in the ground. But the truth of the matter is we celebrate even after the shell is in the ground because all of who you are is still permeating throughout the, the, the family, permeating throughout the community, permeating throughout the ethos. Because you as a human being, you as the entity that you are, will far outlive and have more gravitas than just the mere shell of who you are. Mm. And let the church say amen. Hey, Graham. Oh, I mean, I mean, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. I say, I say, I say. <laughs> no, but what you said, Brother Stokes, like literally the, the, the quote that popped in my head was, do you want to lose your soul and gain the world? Mm. 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 Or would you rather lose the world and gain your soul? But here's the thing. When you get into those types of subject matters and we're tying them to what we agreed with as a child that we now combat today or we now find that it's in conflict with how we live today and tying it to what Keek said about appearances, cultural, generational, uh, societal implications that go along with it. What we're really saying is, are we attempting 
to push past all of what the world is presenting to us? Are we really truly attempting to push past this? Because, man, I'll, I'll, I'll keep a fresh cut. I'll go get a lineup every two weeks. I'll keep my beard tr trimmed neatly. I'll make sure that I have the right color coordinated outfit and the right pair of crispy Jordans. Every time people see me, if it's tied to that, which I say is important to me within the confines and construct of the world. But if my desire is to push past the confines and the construct of this world, y'all can see me how y'all want to see me. Because I'm, I'm attempting to get to a place you're not even attempting to see. Okay. Oh, DeMarco, what the heck? That's crazy. That's wild. Say that again. I'm trying to get to a place that you're not even trying to seek. Is that what you said? C S E E. <sighs> Bro, both is a, a, a that's a bar. That's a double bar. It could be C or seek. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Just bar it up. Yeah. Seek S E E K indicates the purposeful forward progress towards that which you desire. C is just I, I I need to do what's necessary because there's something in my mind and my heart that I know physically I've got to view. Mm. I way it's a positive movement. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh yeah, that's definitely gonna be an Instagram caption for me. <laughs> I'm getting to a place that you don't even see. What? You're not trying to see. And, 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 and yeah, let's go. Let's keep going. Let's get, keep going. Okay, so uh, are you done, Keeks? I, we stepped all over you, but are you finished? <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's a conversation, man. God, no, she said it's cool, so we are stepping over this conversation. God, no, but Keeks, are you done? <laughs> I, did have, I did have one more. Um, go ahead. So my next one is not asking for help. So... Mm. In my experience with that, I wouldn't say, I don't know, I feel like sometimes I did kind of internalize that whole concept of, of okay, figuring it out by myself, doing it myself, I'm going to figure it out myself, and I feel like it's one of those things that I've internalized from witnessing, like, through my mm. own eyes, and then also just internalizing that from feeling like I couldn't. Not that I couldn't ask anyone for help, but I didn't feel comfortable asking people for help because when I would ask people for help, I don't know, I guess I felt like it would make me feel, hmm. Like, like incapable? Uh, yeah, incapable. And then, yeah. So then it's like, and just trying to, and being that person, like, okay, well, yeah, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna do it myself. I'm gonna do it myself. I'm gonna do it myself. And I've been doing it myself. Now that I'm asking for help, it's like, okay, well, dang, I can't do it by myself. And that's okay. And that's why I've been learning that it's okay because we're, as human beings, you know, we're not 
self-sufficient like we need each other Mm -hmm. and that it's okay to ask for help and we don't have to do everything by ourselves and I feel like sometimes it's one of those things where it's contextual too because some people do grow up where it is just them they don't have the support from friends or the support from their family but some people do have the support from their friends and the support from their families they just choose not to utilize it yeah and then it can also be a matter of pride you know pride can get in the way and you feel like okay you're too prideful to ask for help sometimes it's one of those things where I don't know I feel like you may find pleasure in that struggle and going Mm. through that struggle because you know people you know we say some people will say it all the time I got it out the mud I got it out the mud then when you reach that milestone you like yeah I did this like you feel good because you know all that you went through to get there but it's like why make it harder on yourself when you don't when it don't have to be you know yeah, like, that's don't real. Have to get everything out the mud. Right, it was clean, like right. <laughs> from the beginning. That's real. That that made me think of um, Frick. Dang it, I've been writing my ideas this whole time, and this one time I thought I was just gonna flow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all right. Sit on, the, sit on the porch. It'll come back around the block. Oh man, right. I'm getting I'm getting tired of these sticks, man. I'm about to put the, I'm about to put an invisible fence around the whole yard. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it got no, they can't leave. But no, that's real. That's real, Keeks. And oh, that's boom. See? Oh, that oh, I'm getting I'm getting faster. Or oh, that visible fence is getting built right now. But um, <laughs> like that really made me think like I think it's the mental shift of it's okay to ask for help, but it's not okay to rely on help. Right. Yeah. right. And I feel like Cause that's something that I've had to realize. Cause just in me growing up, no cap, a lot of things just p- provided for me. I didn't have to ask. I didn't necessarily have to need for anything. So making that shift into adulthood, like okay, dang, I real I'm realizing I've always relied on help. Now a- asking for help is not even a thing because I just expect to be helped, or I just expect to for something to be there. Instead of right. actually having to get up and go get the thing or get up and go find the thing to get the thing. So, yeah. So what does that what does that as because I, I am thankful that you are a young black man. I've said this to you before. I am thankful that you are a young black man who knows how to speak from his experiences, not to tear yourself down. So. Coming out of a household, because brother, like you said, that's a blessing. Yeah. A blessing to be able to come out of a household where you never, ever had to feel what it was to have to want for something as a necessity. Not, you know, we all have our wants and we go to our parents and they're like, hey, you don't need that. (laughs) You know, but to literally come out of a household where you always was fed, always was clothed, always had a roof over your head, always was well taken care of, you know, hot water, electricity, all those basic necessities. And you got, and you probably got some of your wants met too. Most definitely, yeah. All right. So now, how does that feel at your age, at this period in time, having to go get it? 
man, I was talking to my brother about this when we were in Miami. And it's crazy because, like, low-key, low-key is, is, is a war. Like, how, I don't want to say war because that, that, that's real gory. But it's, it's a battle inside because it's crazy, man. Like, <laughs> all right, I'm just going to keep it raw. When you look at these people like a Eric Thomas, a LeBron James, even a Kobe, just people that are just, like, that are just doing it. And it's just like you you figure out their story. I mean, I'm not even gonna put Wu Tang, uh, freaking DMX. Like when you look at these people and then look at their life, and it's just like frick, bro. Like I want to be where they at, but dang, they had to go through that. Like they they dealing with that, and it's just like now it's like I understand why they're where they're at right now. Like I understand why. Uh, uh, you know, the NBA young boy and all these other people, I understand, like, why they trapping and why they big now. It's because, like, they had no choice. Like, they wake up, and it's either this music or I got to get in this these drugs. So, like, they, like, it's either the music is making it or it's not. And I'm like, okay, that's why they, that's why they there. And sometimes that's why they rise and fall so quick. Because, mm-hmm. that, that, like, that's it. And then, God dog, if that if, if that don't hit, then they go somewhere else. And so, for me, it's like, Frank, bro, I want to be there, but I see what they went through, and I didn't have no none of the experiences. But th- some of those people's childhood primed them for the limelight because they always had to get it. They always had to go grind. It, I'm great. They had things they had to go through, but it was like their life set them up for that trajectory. And for me, it's like, Frank, I was good. So, like. I have to facilitate that hunger in me. Like, that hunger isn't innate. I have to practice being hungry. I have to make myself hungry to get up and do some. Like, I have to think of things like, this is it, bro. Like, practice. Like, what I was telling y'all before we hopped on the call. Like, listen, bro. Say them affirmations, B. No one is stopping you from saying them affirmations but you. You being lazy right now. Get up. Say them affirmations and say them as if they're already real and say and bring life to the words. That's the only way you're going to get out of your head. That's the only way you're going to get out of people pleasing. That's the only way you're going to achieve internal peace is to do the things that you know you need to do. Get hungry, bro. And I think that's the thing about getting not getting out the mud. It's like when you do get to a place where you actually can't go get it now. You have to make that gear shift and no one can make it but you. But like, how do you make it? Because no, like you weren't around hustlers. You weren't around people that were just getting it. You were around people that went to work, people that came home, people that put yes. food. Like your life was good, but you like you, you, you have this vision, you have the desire, but it's like, frick, how do I get there? Like, what do I do? So like for me, I feel like I like, I like have to enthrall myself into learning these people's past, like DMX, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, like learning their past and understanding, okay, I understand that their past primed them for this. So they've always been in the, I, they had to go get it because that's their life. That's not my life. But what can I take from them and their stories and th- different things like, okay, this thing has been consistent. They've always been a hard worker. They've always been dedicated. They've always been doing this. So, okay. And just seeing different patterns. So for me, like, I think it's more so just understanding the journey versus just judging the destination. Mm. Because a lot of people, they want to get to the top, but they don't know half, if not a quarter of what not only that person had to do to get there, but what that person has to do to stay there. Yeah. So 
that's why it's so important. I feel like to know what, like, you have to know your game. Like, you got to know your championship. Because if you, it, like, you can win a whole lot of other championships. But that's that mean nothing to you because it's not your championship. That's not your dream. That's not your goal. That's not what you were put on this earth to do or to realize or to manifest. So, like, get not getting out the mud even as a child. And now it's like, okay, I got to create that hunger for me because that hunger wasn't necessary when I was younger, but it's necessary now. So I got to make that switch. So, yeah, I hope I answered your question. I kind of went a whole lot of places. No, no, you definitely answered it. Uh, You answered it. And it and it and and it reminds me of one of the areas where I'm always having to stay sensitive when speaking to other black men or being asked to speak in front of young black men younger than myself. And that is in the same way that you had that type of example and you came out of that household, I am a product of divorce. My, my parents divorced when I was young, but I'm a blessed black man because I know my father. My mother never spoke ill of my father my whole entire life. And not yeah. only do I know my father, not only was I able to spend quality time with my father, I had a stepfather. I also know all my uncles. I also know both my grandfathers. Like I grew up around men. And 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 I say this to young black men all the time. My grandfather, my father's father, best lesson I ever learned in my life. Son, he would say that to all his grandchildren. Uh, grand boy. Son, there's two things and only two things a man will ever teach you in life. And that's what's to do right and what to do wrong. That's it. You got you, you, He'll never teach you nothing else. If you watch a man, you'll know what to do right, but you'll also know what to do wrong if you watch him. And, and that's what I know. So I know I'm blessed because I know a lot of black men never grew up with their fathers. They never mm-hmm. knew that. There's a lot of black men in America, in the world, that's got a whole half of them they have no idea about. And, so, and I, 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 I want to just cut, not cut you off, but kind of throw something else in there. And I was just watching an interview with David Shands, and he was talking to, um I forget his real name, but his Instagram name is Him500. And he was talking about how he didn't have a dad and a lot of his friends didn't have dads, but now they're the generation to where it's cool to be a dad now because mm-hmm. they didn't have it. So now it's like, everyone's a dad now and it's cool. And if you're not like, if you a deadbeat or like, if you got kids, you don't care about them. It's like, we don't even want you in this circle, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like you, you goofy. You don't love your kids, bro. Right. What are you on? And I think that's so dope that coming from, like you said, coming from not having and now making it cool. Like, that's the beauty of God Dog. Like, I guess it's the beauty of how you can, you know, shift that mindset. But I just wanted to bring that up as well. But yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. And that's why I say I have to stay sensitive when I'm speaking because I know I can get lost in wanting to present passionately my points, but I could be saying something and losing. I could lose it. I could lose a whole group of men 
because I could be speaking so highly of, of the men that I was underneath and not allowing for the sensitivity to stay to me. So that's what I mean when I say I understand what you're saying. And you did answer my question, because when you don't have a certain item that you see a group of successful people do have and you desire the success, you may not desire it in the way that they have it, but you desire the success itself then you sit with it and go, okay, how can I become sensitive to that to that thing? How can I become sensitive to that? Because that'll assist me. That will help me. I'm going to have to mold it and shape it to fit me. But that, that, whatever they have, so like you said, if I'm sitting in front of a group of young men and none of them had their fathers, I know immediately that if I stay sensitive to that, I can start speaking and referencing the men in their neighborhoods that they do get to see. Like, well, what do you take from this guy? Or did you ever get a chance to look at that guy? And, and again, it's, it's, the, it's the necessity to be able to, it's the necessity to be able to be successful no matter what area you're going into. And, 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 I, and I go back to what I said earlier. It's because you want to push past. You want to push past what the world is presenting you because to some of us, and I, and I know the three of us, we, we do agree on this. To some of us, the world is mediocre. And I ain't trying to be mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, average, average. But keeks, keeks. Yes, sir. The, oh, well, the, well, those were my those were my two that I had for the first. She, said, she said, "Yes, sir." Oh, oh, it was on me. Just <laughs> <laughs> said, "I'm in the audience." What? <laughs> I don't have a question. I'm listening. <laughs> listening and absorbing. Okay. Facts, facts. Well, uh, the floor is open. Uh, yeah, no, but um, what in my childhood did I agree with that now I am finding myself in conflict with um, or having conflict with? Uh, for me, growing up the way I grew up between two households um, and then recognizing and I'm not saying I was a prodigy. I did not recognize this early, but when I did recognize that black people live differently than white people in mm. the sense of economically, as a child, I accepted that that was just the limit, that the, the height of what we could go to was the height of what I saw in the neighborhood, what I lived in. You might be mm. able to get a house, you might be able to get a decent job, work hard enough for a long enough period of time, you might be able to, you know, uh, enjoy the life that you have built. You get married, you have some kids, um, you know, that's probably the best life will ever be for you. And that was what I thought all the way up until I was probably eh, 21, 22. And then I saw, and I wasn't able to connect to it 
when we had our production meeting, but, but it came back to me. I literally connected to being able to push past that thought process when I watched the interview of Quincy Jones mm. speaking on how he created with Benny Medina the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And inside that interview of him speaking about how he created that television show, he said, it's not enough that we see Black images on television. We've got to know that there are Black people controlling behind the camera. We got to have Black producers. We've got to have Black writers. We've got to have Black cameramen. We've got to have Black lighting uh, professionals. We've got to have Black makeup artists. You've got to have uh, Black people in every space of entertainment because our stories have got to be told solidly from beginning to end. And so when I saw that, and again, I'm a young man, I knew who Quincy Jones was. I mean, one of his, you know, the reason why I knew him from my early age was because one, he produced Off the Wall and mm -hmm. he produced Thriller, but two, he produced a compilation album called Back on the Block. And one of the songs that was on that uh, album was a song that featured uh, Elder Barge, Barry White, and uh, I can't, uh, uh, Gerald LeVert, and I think Keith Sweat. Oh my goodness. Or I'll Be Sure. What one, kind of sexy song is this? No, 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 no. Trust me when I tell you. If you don't know about the secret garden, almost every black man in my age range knows that if you want to woo a woman and you've been blessed enough to have her come back to your spot and you really want to set that mood to give that intentional wink of, hey, <laughs> would like for it to go down tonight. Hey, fellas, y'all better listen. You would put on Secret Garden. And by the time Barry White go to woo-woo-wooing. <laughs> hey, I, I do, I'm just saying I'm engaged, so I'm about to have fun. <laughs> but, okay. my point is, <laughs> but my point is, um, watching, uh, watching that interview and knowing the little bit of history I knew about Quincy Jones, that cracked my mind open to begin investigating, can I go beyond what I've always thought I was supposed to just dwell at? You know, can I tap dance on my own ceiling? And, and Oh, that was a bar, bro. You just <laughs> bored up today, huh? So, uh. I, I literally sat with it for a little while and people in my family, they know this about me, but they don't know this part, but they know it if I well, when I say what I'm about to say. That was the moment I made the decision to go out to California for myself to produce production. So it was in my mind right then and there, I was going to start my own film and television production company, an independent black owned film television production company. 
it didn't happen still to this day. I mean, but I have. It hasn't happened. Well, no, it hasn't happened yet. But, yeah. you know, the point I get at is that was the seed that yeah. allowed for me to expand and push past what I believed as a child. Now, where does it come into conflict today? It comes into conflict today because I've expanded myself in so many ways. I've expanded myself in heights and depths, going inward, expanding outward, going forward, going from both sides peripheral. I've expanded myself so much that when I see certain things that try to stand in front of me that are attempting to convince me to shrink myself, I, I have to catch myself because sometimes I'm not fast enough to deny what's standing in front of me. And so that's the conflict. It's like, man, don't shrink yourself. Don't, don't believe that. Don't test that. See if, that's, see if that can walk with you on your journey as you continue to expand. This is why I said what I said earlier. There are certain ways that we are being told, and now I'm being specific to black men, there are ways that we are being spoken to every day that are telling us, be small, be little, be quiet, don't say too much, don't think that you're big and bad. All your leaders were killed in the 60s and early 70s. You'll never see another Nat Turner. You'll never see another uh, Toussaint Overture. You'll never see another Malcolm X. You'll never see another Fred Hampton. You'll never see another... Uh, Marcus Garvey. You'll never see another, uh, um, oh God, Bobby Steele. You'll never see another uh, one of whoever, Martin Luther King Jr. You'll never see another one of those. But here's the truth. If black men were to allow themselves to expand past and push past this world to go to the place that most can't even see, don't want to see, don't even think to see, we'll see the rebirth of our ancestors. We'll see the rebirth of the righteous warrior. We'll see the rebirth of the true black intellectual. We'll see the rebirth of the all-encompassing medicine man that surely will heal according to divine mandate. We'll see it again in mm -hmm. the realm. Because you can't tell me we can't. It's uh, oh man, I could keep going, but I won't. Um, I mean, shoot, you 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 hitting a bar though, because like I really think of like, like we being real. So um, like bro, the weed man know better weed stuff than half of these dispensaries. Yes. The right. auntie around the corner can heal everything from COVID to freaking your cough. Better than some of these medicines can. Well, everything she got at her house already. She just got to go to the backyard real quick. Give me, right. give me two seconds. Exactly. So like, like, and it's crazy. Like they, like we got it. It like oh, like it's crazy. We got it in us, but America trying to trying to. We got it in us, but America trying to make us put it on us. Like imagine that. Imagine you have the gold inside of you. But you got to buy all this gold over here because you don't got it. 
Right. Trying to convince why they trying to take your gold in the first place. Listen, what you what you mean? I don't got the coke. Look at the bottle. The coke is there. No, it's not. The coke over here, dog. You gotta pay twenty dollars to get it. But it's over here. I I'm holding the bottle. Bro, that's literally what they that's literally what that's literally what America is telling us black men, and I feel like black people, period. But mm-hmm. I honestly I, I honestly feel like the most dangerous thing to the system is a confident black man. And I say a black man because man, women killing the game. <laughs> women kill, killing the game. But like a, 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 a confident black woman needs a confident black man to really do it. Like Keeks was right. Keeks said it. We need, We as humans, we need each other. Like, yes, you got it out the mud, but brother, your mama was there. Uncle Tim helped you out. Cousin Juju fr- uh, fronted you that got the uh, 100. Where'd it come from? We, you know, you got it. That's where, that's where it is. So, like, I just feel like just understanding that, like, we need each other, man. And, like, granted, a confident black man can take over the system. Don't forget, a man is the head, but the woman is the neck. So, so, yeah. Yeah, but I guess I guess I'll go, God dog. Um, the floor is open. Um, what I agree with in my childhood that conflicts in my adult life, one was um, I love you, Mama, but uh, the fear of success. Mm. So what's but what's crazy is, ah, uh, and I was telling Keith this yesterday, but like what's crazy is even when I heard the fear of success, I knew it was goofy. Like, I knew it was like, what? How can you fear winning? Like, what? <laughs> Just win. Like, you got to hate losing. Like, fear of failure was my only thing. But when she said, I have a fear of success, and I was like, what? It didn't make sense. It didn't register. Like, I was like, what? That don't, uh, how? And she was like, because, Kay, if I win or if I do something, the expectation is that I have to replicate it. And I don't know if I can replicate it. And I don't know if I can continuously do it and continuously have this output. And I was like, Whoa, yeah. that's a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and like I like I remember just like like at first I was like man, but then I just it just kept like it just kept going over my head. I'm like wow, bro, that's a thing. And like I ex- and it was like a soft accept. Like I didn't accept it off rip, but I, over time I started to see like man, like I would I would I could be doing great. Like we'll even say to this day, like I'm still struggling breaking it because even with my affirmations, like there'll be times where I wake I can wake up. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna say my affirmations, but then I'm like, oh, I don't know. I know it's gonna make me feel better, but like I literally yeah. think myself out of it because just the fear of doing it. Mm. And it's just like why like it's just like what like I literally accepted it, and I'm not even mad at my mom because I understand that she wasn't trying to give me something. She was simply explaining her own fear, what she was going through, what she got going on. Right. But because I'm so green and because that's my mom, why would my mom tell me something that she's afraid of that wouldn't help me? Or like maybe she's opening my eyes to something that I never that I never knew existed, so maybe I need to give this a little bit more attention. And it and like, even thinking about it, it made me open my eyes to see, like, dang, as parents, you really got to, you really have to be aware of not only what you're doing, what you're saying, but what you're, like, mentally going through. Yes. And not, and not 
haphazardly passing that to your children because you you so busy trying to figure what you got going on, you passing up all these traits to your child. And again, I don't blame my mom at all. I love my mom so freaking much. But it's just like, dang, like, that was the source. That was the root. So it's like, frick. But, like, I'm seeing that now. It's like, bro, like, your fear of success is the reason why is the reason why you at where you, where you at, even though people like it's so crazy. People will be like, Man, K, you so dope with the poetry. Man, you dope, you a dope host. Man, you funny, K. Man, you dope doing this. You should do this, you should do that. And I'm like, Yeah, you know, I appreciate it. But no matter how much how much other people say I'm dope, if I don't see it in myself, I'm always gonna be in this space of just in between ambivalence. A freaking huge vision with a compromised like mental system because I'm constantly seeing the vision but talking myself out of it, seeing it, talking myself like constantly, and that junk is that's like that's that's why I say war. Because imagine, God dog, you it's like a groundhog day. You waking up, you see what you gonna have for the day, and then the day didn't go exactly how you, didn't go any how you wanted to, and you just keep redoing it because it's the habit. And so, man, that junk pissed. Tee me off, man. I don't tee me off. But it's just, it, 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 I'm glad that I see the rule. I'm glad I see what happened. And I'm glad I know, okay, okay, it's just in the action. Like, to beat that fair success, you just got to do. Like, mm-hmm. and don't be worried. Like, I think the thing is, especially in America, they want you to love the result, but overlook the process. Mm. But it's the, it's the inverse of that to really win. You have to love the process and I mean, I appreciate the result, but don't be so heavy set on it that you don't because it's in the process. It's in the journey that you that you like cry at the championship. Like you don't cry just because you're getting a trophy. You crying because of all the work you put in, all the sleepless nights, all the workouts, all the mental drain. Like you like all that's replaying in your mind. The journey is replaying in your mind at the end of the result. And so. It, 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 yeah, just, just the action piece. Action piece. Just do it. Just do it, man. And love love doing it. I think I think we have to not just, like, they say do what you love. Like, no, don't do what you love. Love what you do. Amen. Because if you just do what you love, like, okay, I love playing video games. But, God, dog, I don't want to sit eight hours a day, God, dog, playing video games, bro. I had junk is boring, uh-huh. low key. And stressful. I don't see how y'all use that for stressfully, babe. Because uh Right. Well, well, I can't I can't even say that. If you get I feel like it, it every like some people think reading is stressful. Some people think what we're doing podcasting is stressful. But for us it's is is we cooling. So like, you know, everyone got their own different thing. But I just couldn't play I love playing video games, but I just couldn't do that every day for the rest of my life. But I love what we I love this. I love talking about the mind. I love inspiring people. I love being inspired. So that's what I love to do. Like, like mm. I want, like I, I want to wake up every day and do that. Like that's why I'm loving to do it. I'm not just doing what I love. So, um, no, no, yeah. you're right. You're right with what you said because I'm gonna back you up with words from Robert Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki, the dude that wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad. Um, yeah, yeah, Robert Kiyosaki. Yep. Okay, uh, and it goes with what you just the the phraseology, the way you said it. Uh, instead of saying "do what you love, love what you do," he spoke about how, as a young man, uh, preteen, 
he fell in love with sailboat. And so by the time he was 15, he had learned how to sail a little bit uh, when he was living in Hawaii. And so he said that's what he was going to do with his life because that's what he loved. And he was expressing how we in American culture have somehow flipped passion with purpose. He said, a lot of us think we're living out our purposes in life, but we're holding on to passions. And so he said, he learned how to sail when he was 15. And that's what he knew he loved. It was a passion of his. And he thought, wow, I found my purpose in life. I'm going to be a sailor. I'm going to learn to sail ships. And I'm just going to stay on the ocean. And he was like, by the time he was 22, he was tired of being on the ship. <laughs> so he, was, he was literally in a conflict in his mind, in his heart, because he felt as though he was walking away from his past, uh, from his purpose. But what he had to learn was, no, that's a passion. I like sailing. I will not, and that's what he said, I will not deny myself the fact that I like to sail. I love to sail, but that's not my purpose in life. Mm -hmm. It goes with what you just said. Don't don't so much look at it as do what you love. And I like the way you link video games to it um, because nobody, you know, there's hardly anybody who like playing video games who would want to sit in front. You know, very few people have made their life's purpose about gaming. Well, I, I, I do want to say it, people are making careers out of it now. <laughs> like. YouTube, Twitch, all that stuff, people, Fortnite, but, you know, I just feel like as a career, you know. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. You have, and, and, and God bless them, that's their purpose. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> because, hey, without them, some of us wouldn't know how to play Call of Duty, you know, some yep. of us wouldn't pick up a joystick, so, you know, yes, they have their place in, 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 in this thing called life, and, and we are thankful for that. But if we're talking about our individual selves, just like you, you were expressing about yourself, yeah. it, hey, I got to find that thing that's purposeful and I got to make sure I don't mix it up with my passion where I'll end up burnt out in five or six years or questioning why am I doing what I'm doing? You don't want that to happen. And and, and 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 best believe for for the listeners, you go question your purpose too. <laughs> you definitely go question that thing. But the thing that fuels you, man, the thing that literally fuels and feels you, I think I think that that's that thing. And another another one that I agree with in my childhood that it conflicts in my adult life is people pleasing, man. Ooh. <laughs> And honestly, I, I, I low-key feel like it's a black community thing. <laughs> and I, I say that because once we, like, bro, once we got, like, once we got released from slavery, like, we, we, like we've, been, we've been doing the best we can to be the best black white man, the best black white woman. For real. Like, you think of the perms, you think of these haircuts, you think of these, all this stuff that we just try to do just to keep up. With mofos that don't give two perks about us, let alone d 
don't, they don't even got a plan for it. They don't even know what they want to do with us. They got they trying to kill us. We keep coming back. We like a weed. They don't know what to do. And <laughs> it, it, it 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 it's so embedded because it, it like it goes from just black and white to even black on black, like black on black crime. Like you you I I, I I'm tainting how you see me because I care more about how you feel about my life than how I feel about my life. Right, right. Like I, I, I can't tell my cousin that I, I'm struggling right now because you know what I'm saying I, I, I'm this person in the family. Like, bro, what do you mean? That's your cousin. They could help, but because you know what I'm saying you got that pride, or because you, you, you want them to look at you in a certain way, you can't do certain things. You can't act a certain way. You can't be. You have to change yourself for them. Mm-hmm. But like. Most of these people that you changing for can can care less, can care a rat's left testicle less if you did it or not, because they got their own stuff that they going through. And huh? What'd you say? I say say that. Like and, and like as a child, like and it's crazy because I feel like children don't grow up as people pleasers. That's something that that's a learned technique. Because when you grow up, you just you just you. But then you start getting the program, you start getting the conditioning. You can't do that here. You can't do that there. You need to you need to act right. You need to you, you need to uh I can't even th- I can't even think of the, the the examples right now and I don't even want to get too personal with my family cuz you know, I didn't I didn't clear this with them. So I don't got no, I don't want them listening to this. They get they can listen. I get a call. I'm like, "Oh my goodness." But social cues are sit up or sit straight, shoulders back, speak when only spoken to, smile, be polite. Uh, what what's the other one? Respect your elders, no matter what. Those are those are the common social cues. But keep yeah. going. Yeah, don't 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 let them see you sweat. Um, stay calm. Don't show emotion. Or if when you show emotion, don't show too much. Like you have to stay like we literally like America gave us a box and we literally said appreciate it. And we just passing a box down and we just putting be jewels and be dazzled and got dog. We putting filters on that bit, but it's still a box. It's still shackles. And to break from from that people pleasing, I just had to like choose you. Like I just had to say, you know what? I love y'all. But I'm not happy living my life for you. I want to live my life for me. And if that means it's me against the world, well, so be it then. So freaking be it. Because at the end of the day, if everyone in the world is happy with your life except for you, what does that matter? Because it's your life. You have to wake up and brush your teeth every day. You have to wake up and go to the bathroom. Like, if you're doing that for someone else, they can care less if you go pee or poop. What you eat don't make them poop. What you drink don't make them pee. So why would you change how you're doing things for their benefit? I'm going to say this. Why would you change how you're doing things purely for their benefit? Come on now. Because there are times, Scott Dog, there are times, compromises. But purely for (laughs) someone else's benefit, you're changing up your whole stilo. Like, bro, choose you consistently while executing marathon mentality. It's in you. It's not on you. Listen, the dream, the vision that you have is already yours. You just have to do the work to get to it. That's the marathon mentality of it all. But first, you got to choose you, okay? 
You have to be happy being you. You have to be happy going without a haircut and loving, looking at yourself in the mirror, uh, nappy and all, and you love that dude. Because that dude, when he comes back with a fresh cut, is the same dude. The same dude. It's just in a different box. Mm-hmm. So, so just, just that, that, that like supreme self-love. Like, to love yourself to the point, I don't need anyone else's love. I appreciate it. I welcome it. But I don't need your love, honey. I want it. You know what I'm saying? But I don't <laughs> I don't have a need for it. I don't have a desire like, oh, my God. It's not oxygen for me. Um. So, yeah. Whew. I only want to add two things because everything you just said, man, bruh, stands on its own. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said it. And I was reminded of it uh, earlier this morning that one, I'm thankful that Drake made that song for women. Nice for what? Because again, one of the greatest societal cues that was ever placed into action was the societal cue that was placed upon women that they had to conform to the pleasures of a man. If a man ain't pleased with you and how you move and how you conduct yourself and how you shape, how you, you know, style your hair or whatever, then you're gonna be on the outs. You're not gonna be able to reap the benefit fully of what this American construct has for you. So I'm thankful that he made that song, Nice For What? And I think, you know, that goes in line with what you were saying. And then the second thing, uh, and, and, and this is for our listeners who are parents, stop making your daughters have to smile in the face of grown men or men that they really are not comfortable around. Mm-hmm. Like if daughter, Say that again, brother. If your daughter, and, and, me, and I know men know what I'm talking about. If your daughter is looking particularly ill, like somebody pooped on themselves around her, and she's standing around a certain dude, do not try to force that girl to be nice to that dude. Like, just don't, don't create that scenario in the mind of your daughter. Don't create that scenario in the mind of these little girls. Let them, let them tell you, let them be free enough to tell you, I don't like him. It's something about him. He could just have bad breath. It could just be that simple. He could have some bad breath and she don't like him breathing in her face. Like, don't force little girls to have to stand awkwardly and ashamedly in the face of grown men that they don't want to be around. That's it. And I'm adding to that point, and the sons too. Because let's not get it twisted. Yes, men are out here being predators, but women got dog are predators too. And I, that's true. Because 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 it's it's a stereotype. Like it's almost it's almost it's really conflicting as a man to love another child purely that's not yours. 
Because people always looking at you like what you do? like, especially girls. Like, if I if I see a little girl, I'm just like, oh, she's so cute, just showing love. People just automatically feel like, whoa, you be a little bit too close. You be a little bit too nice. Like, what the fuck? This child doesn't know nothing. Can I love this pure being that's closer to God than me and you are right now? Thank you. Please go to your slot. Like, what the heck? And it's just like, I, I, I just wanted to bring the balance of like, women can be predators just as much as a man can. It's just not one way. Because uh, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot of, it's a lot of children that are silent, man, boy or girl, because they don't want to rock the boat or they're afraid that their parents are going to chastise them for feeling how they feel about someone else. Like, speak up, yo. Please, and, and parents, like Brother Stokes said, listen to your children when they speak. They're not just speaking to speak. Right. Listen to them. Frick. And that flows into our next freaking question. <laughs> what, 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 what are we, we going to pass to our children? We wouldn't talk about our experiences, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, I ain't going to cap with y'all. Y'all listening, got y'all some real ones, because it's going to be a long, a long episode. I don't know how long it's going to be, but we're going to be here. If you rock to the end, I love you. If you don't, I still love you. I just love the people that rock a little bit more. I'm playing. But, um, so, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave the floor open again, but what do, like, now that we've talked about kind of, you know, our, our upbringings and our, you know, our risings, and we've kind of touched a little bit about, like, teaching our children. Um, I, We don't have children, but just envisioning. What would you want, like, what would what, what what would you give your children? Like, what would you teach your children? What would you provide for them? What environment would you create and curate for them to be their best self? The floor is open. Man. Um, yes, I don't have any children of my own. Um, the number one thing I would give to my children is a personal home library. I'm building it right now. Mm. I'm, it. I'm very intentional. Um, it will have more African authors, African-American authors. It will be not just fiction, but nonfiction. It will be statistical in its, there will be books of statistics. Um, if anybody can get me in, um, I've heard, I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard that there is an actual black encyclopedia set that was uh, published. I would love if anybody's listening to this, uh, drop in our comments, whether it be on Facebook, Instagram, um, where that can be found. I went on Amazon. I can't find it. So, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, quote unquote, hidden away from our knowledge, but I've been told that it's out there. I would love to be able to have that. But yes, I'd start with a home library where my children can know without the shadow of a doubt, information is at our fingertips. I would also ensure that they are uh, well-rounded. Uh, they know economics, they know arts, they know sports, they know music. Uh, if they come to me and they want to participate in anything, I will always give them the opportunity to participate. I will not put uh, any uh, parameters on them. Um, 
I know what it's like. I've heard a child express to their parent one time that they didn't want to play basketball. They wanted to play soccer. And the parent threw a, you know, a fit. You're black. You don't play soccer. And I just, I was, ugh, ugh, ugh. You have not seen a soccer game, man. Like exactly, but, the world you know, up, okay. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when all of American society tells a certain generation the only way you're going to be successful is through football or basketball, and you have a son and he's tall for his age, you kind of you know without without questioning, you fall in line and put a basketball in his hand. Mm-hmm. So um, I would allow them to be well, I, I would want them to be well-rounded. And then three, without fail, when they turn 10 years old, no matter how many children I have, when they turn 10 years old, I will purchase them a handgun, a long gun, and an assault rifle. And I will take them to a gun range and I will teach them how to properly handle weapons and they will know that that is their weapon and it's theirs for them to own and they will be responsible for it and they will be responsible for the cleaning of it and the maintenance. Of it. So that's off the top. They'll, you know, there are other things that come in line with that, but that's what I'll say now. That's fire. Amen. Getting them ready. Locked and loaded. I'm about to say. Physically, okay? Bang, bang. I came to shoot. What the bullet you want? <laughs> Let's go, bar it up. Let's go. Okay, so the... <laughs> I'm ready. Locked and loaded. You want these bars? You want it from my gun or my mouth, bro? They both spit exactly. bullets. Exactly. Locked and loaded. Hey, hey, we coming through today. Bruh, what? <laughs> Barred up. Like, dang, did y'all go to prison? Then came to record? Like, y'all just had to steal their bars? Like, what the heck, bro? Um, the lessons I will teach to my children the first one is creating an environment where my children will feel comfortable talking to me come on yes about anything because I know as a child I really I didn't feel comfortable talking to my mom about a lot of stuff and we still talk about it to this day sometimes but It'd be moments where I'd be having to tell my mom, like, you know, there's reasons why I didn't feel comfortable talking to you. And for my kids, I just, you know, I understand as a parent, sometimes it can be hard because it's like, you don't want your child to, um, you may not like some of the things that your child may do. You may not like some of the decisions that they make. I get that. But at the same time, I feel like if you create this fear in your child where they are afraid of you, they're not going to feel comfortable talking to you. And then if they're not comfortable talking to you, they're going to go talk to someone else or they're going to find some other outlet that may steer them in the wrong direction. So I definitely and I try to do that now, even with my little brother, Um, just, you know. I want you to feel comfortable talking to me. I know, you know, mama could come at you like this. I'm going to tone it down, you know. <laughs> I ain't going to do all the yelling and screaming. I my, I want my blood pressure to stay where it's, <laughs> where it's good, you know. But 
seriously, man, like communicate having that kind of communication goes a long way because when you don't feel comfortable talking, not only is it hard for you to communicate with others in general, I feel like sometimes it could be hard for you to process your feelings. <sighs> and just, you know, knowing what that struggle is like, because it's like, okay, well, I want to talk about this. Uh, want to talk about this with someone. I don't know if I feel comfortable talking to this person. But not only that, I don't even know how to communicate how I feel right now. Because it's like, okay, well, I tried talking about it. Oh, stop crying. <sighs> well, okay. Now I can't <sighs> cry, you know? So just creating that environment where they feel comfortable not even just talking to me, but expressing their emotions and trying to come up or find various outlets for them to express themselves. Like, I know I'm a very strong advocate for art and self-expression in general. You know, sometimes you need that physical relief. You need to go to the gym. You need to punch the bag. You know, sometimes you might need to meditate. Sometimes you might just need to go ahead and cry. It's okay, baby. Come here. I'm going to hold you and you could just cry. It's all right. Which that brings me to my next point showing affection Mm. I don't know I mean I guess Mm. God just made me this way just cause you know but I'm a very affectionate person I like hugs (laughs) she get the best hugs I like the I like to be held I like to hold people and some of the best hugs Thank you, thank you. You know what I'm saying? My my baby gave the best hugs. I can't, you know. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. For sure, for sure. Amen. You know, okay, I, Keeks, I love you, but yes, I'm engaged. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you good, you good, you good. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I know I'm always going to bring this back to my brother, but, you know, we, we super, super close. Like, that's my brother, but that's my baby at the same time. <laughs> the amount of affection we have between each other, I love that not only that we're comfortable, but that he's comfortable comfortable being affectionate as a young black man, because I feel like, you know, I, well, now it's different, but I feel like back then, black men didn't feel comfortable being affectionate. You know, you show affection. They, oh man, you soft. You know, like, no, he can get a hug. What's wrong with giving a hug? He can be held too. Sometimes, you know, they, black men need to be held too. So, just being affectionate and letting my children know that it's okay to show that. And then if you don't feel comfortable, because, you know, not every person is, a, is an affectionate person. That's okay. But I'm still going to steal my hug because, you know, I might want a hug from you. Just give me a quick one. You don't got to hold me long. It's okay. <laughs> and that's real. That's real, Keeks. It's, it's it's crazy because when 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 it, it's crazy when you are in touch with your feelings and your emotions when you're a young black man and you're almost indoctrinated to basically work what you feel. This is how you have to be. Mm. And it's just like, why? Like, like what? Like, and the thing, like, like what you just said, like for your little brother, like honestly, just seeing y'all pictures, it's just like so much love in a picture in a video. I just be like, Oh my God, I could just watch y'all just interact all day. (laughs) And, 
and it made me think of like when I was when I was a kid growing up. Like I, I always emotional, always got dog, and and that's not to say I was always crying. I was my my feelings are on my sleeve. You are gonna know how I feel. Like I feel like that dog just verb like beams from me low key. Sometimes I don't even like looking at people. I'm like y'all gonna you gonna feel how I feel when I lock eyes with you. I don't want you to know I'm pissed. So like, <laughs> but but like even as I was younger, like you know. I, I, soft or what you like I, I, there's just one time like I thought I was genius but looking back it was like I can see so it was the band and the chorus I think I was in like first or second grade it was like the band and the chorus so majority of the dudes went to the band and I was like yeah that's the homies but the girls are doing the chorus though like bro what are y'all on <laughs> I'm a sing what you talking about I'm be with the ladies bro and they're just like bro you stupid bro what are you doing and got dog when at the end of, at the end of the year when we did our little performance and I was up there with the ladies singing, getting going crazy. I knew they were pissed, but it's just like it's just like things like that. Like in in the like in the friend group that I had, it was like looked down. Like I was like, "Dang, you part of a choir? You part of a choir, bro? Like, you not gonna join the band?" It was like, "Dang, like can I can I do this and still be a man?" It's like I had to trade in my man card. To, to, in order to do certain things, but I couldn't maintain my masculinity while I doing things that men weren't men weren't popular. Men weren't, I guess, black men weren't deemed as okay or deemed as plausible, whatever the fuck it is. And yeah, man, be, being an emotional, uh, be, being being uh, in tune. I'm gonna say that being an in tune young black man is scary mm-hmm. to the system. Because when you know how you feel and you know how to communicate your feelings, I can't manipulate you then. Mm. And once I can't manipulate you, bro, you rogue, bro. You neo. You, you, you breaking the algorithm. You need to flow in with us. Not you bucking against everything. Oof, man. But were, were you done, Keeks? I was just adding. Oh, yeah. I, I, was, I was done. That was done. Oh. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Oh man, y'all blew it out the water, bro. Brother Stokes, that person in the library had me like, uh-oh. Like, <laughs> shoot, for sure. But honestly, I like I I feel like I've been thinking about my kids for a long time. And it's like I think about them more now that I'm in like, well, this is my second time being engaged, but we ain't gonna talk about it anyways. But now that I'm actually on the track of like actually getting married, actually building a family, actually doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it well. It's like Man, I think about what I'm doing now, and if my kids were here right now, like, Frank, they would be doing good. I don't know what they would pick up. And it's like, I I feel like what I do, I do it for them. Like, the affirmations, like, I have a whole vision, and I have a whole motto that I want to say with them daily. Like, to get up, like, we rise, we love, we thrive, we learn, we decide, Anthony Legacy 5 ever. And, like, make it like a chant, like, make it a thing. Because it's like, I want, I, I want to create an environment for my kids so they're just, they just feel like they can be themselves at home and they just feel inspired to do whatever they want to do. Like, I don't ever want them to feel like they're not, in, they're not inspired and they're not um, motivated at home. Cause it's different when you find your inspirations, your motivations outside of home. Cause you not want to, you don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. You want to spend as much time away from that place. And even like you were saying, Keeks, like even you know lashing out on your kids. It's just like if you're and putting that fear into your kids. It's like especially for 
especially for black people. Like if I have if if I have hell at home, then I'm not even gonna say that. If I have hell at home, it's gonna be real difficult to live this life and to want to live this life. Cause literally, it's hell when you when you step out your door. Shoot, sometimes it's hell even when you inside your door. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that heaven, if you don't have that peace at home that you can just release when you get done dealing with the world, it's gonna be that much. It's gonna be that much harder to even muster up the guts to do whatever you want to do, let alone actually accomplish the thing. Yes. So I definitely want to create a space for my kids just to be who they are. And I've already had a conversation with myself. If my son's gay, if if, if my daughter comes to me and, and wants to be a lesbian, if they want to be transgender, by like loving them for who they are and supporting them, because I already know you black already, and you want to ex- and you want to explore your sexuality, or you want to embrace yourself, or you want to embrace who you are, what you whatever. You already gonna have naysayers coming out the woodworks. So why would I join them when you came for me? How does that work? Mm-hmm. So just really like just really being there for my kids and really just show showing them what I want them to be instead of just telling them. And I feel like that's why like the action piece is so big for me because even when um baby her cousin that came up one time and she about her son and we were looking at the dog outside the window and so you know he's short like he like he his head like come probably to my thigh so I'm looking down. And I'm like, man, you see the dog? And like he's like he's looking I level to him, but like I level to him, got dog is <laughs> knee level to me. So I'm over here like I bend down to get on his level. But then when I bend down, he bends down. And I'm like, bro, that's not what you're supposed to do. I was getting your level. So I stand up, he stand up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, then I try one more time. I try to go down a little slower, then he go down a little slower. And I'm like, all right, all right, I'm just gonna stand up. We just gonna talk like this. And it just showed me, like, wow, kids really just do what you do. They don't, they don't care what you say. So it's like, man, bro, I'm really not ready for kids yet. Because God, dog, that, that example, who knows what I'm doing and I'm not really knowing what I'm doing. I'm just moving. I'm just doing whatever I want to do just because I, I want to do it. So, like, I just really want to be a walking example for my children. Like, I want to, For me, I want to inspire my children. Like, if I inspire my children, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Like I just, I just want to inspire them to just be who they are. Like not even inspire them to be me or inspire me to be Christy. Like I just want to inspire them to be who they are to the fullest capability. And I feel like having that, having that environment, and having that space. Oh my goodness, it's gonna propel them to places e- even beyond me. And I want them to be beyond me because we got to keep pushing it. So yeah, honestly, that that that's. That's really my only thing. I don't have any practical because I feel like, you know, it's going to change depending on the child because everyone's different. But at the base of it all, like at the foundation, that's what I want. I want to inspire you to be you. How can I do that? And I feel like I don't even feel like I know this is going to go into our topper for the the evening, day, afternoon, whenever you're listening to it because it's airing in the horizon. But What's missing in this generation? Like What's missing. And and I and this generation is very specific, but I guess what is missing in this generational in, in this in the societal generation. So just in society right now, between generations, you got me and Keeks with the 25. I guess I'm 
we can be in the 20 to a guy down 35 group, Brother Stokes is in the 35 to 50 group, and then we got, you know, the people under us, 20 and, 20 and under. What do we feel like is missing in this ecosystem of blackness? Oh, I like that question. It sounds good. <laughs> um, I want to say, huh, even in saying this, it's kind of hard. I want to say community, but I feel like I, it's not that we don't have community. I just feel that it's, we can be very selfish at times. Mm. So, in being selfish, like, you know, I understand, you know, making sure your needs are taken care of, but I feel like some, it's, it gets to a point where it's like, we won't look out for each other until we make sure we good, like we solid. And I feel like when you have community, everybody looking out for each other, so you don't have to be worrying about, oh, well, let me make sure I'm good, let me make sure I'm good, because it's coming back to you anyway. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of the proper verbiage for that. So that's why I said community, for lack of a better word. But just getting back to that. Hmm. I feel like you, I feel like community and just trusting each other. Because I feel like trust is needed for community to really thrive. Yeah. And I would say, I will also add generosity. Oh. It's okay Ooh. to be generous, you know? Oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that I haven't heard that word in so long, but that's crazy because you're so right, though. Because there's so many people that be getting the game, but they don't be generous with it. Mm-hmm. And just giving back, you know, it's it's coming back full circle. And I think that's one of the things that this goes back into trust. So like you were saying, sometimes it's hard. Like you will want to be generous. You will want to give. But when you feel like everybody off of self, everybody off of self, everybody off of self, well, then, I mean, I might need to be off of self. Because if everybody else off of self, well, then, you know, how -hmm. can I guarantee if it's going to come back to me? Because everybody else for self. Whereas when you have community, everybody looking out for each other. Everybody going to help each other. So, you know, we working together. Yeah. Yeah. I was good. Thank you. Thank you. Really? 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 To encapsulate everything in one in one expression. Um, What's missing? Uh, I'm going to be the old person and say patience. And this is why I say patience is missing. Um, again, keeping with the theme of an old person and, and borrowing from you, Keeks. If the community is going to come together in a kitchen and make a cake, some parts of the community have eggs, some parts of the community got butter, some parts of the community got flour, some parts of the community got cake pans, some parts of the community got the oven. Some parts of the community got the electricity or the gas necessary to fuel the oven. Y'all get the picture I'm laying out. Correct. So, mm-hmm. when everybody comes together to make 
the batter to pour into the cake pans to put inside the oven, the whole entire community has to then have the patience for the cake to bake. We mm -hmm. lack patience. I personally think that that, and we can discuss that in another episode, I personally think that our lack of patience was socially engineered. Oh, that is, a, mm -hmm. uh, that is a, 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 a right term. You can go look that up right now and start studying it. But if the community's lack of patience is not socially engineered, then we're missing it because we chose something else and threw patience out. The old folk don't have patience with the youth to understand that they're going to look. Your lives are going to continue longer than my life has left on this earth. So I've got to have patience enough to understand that what you may not see that I want you to see. You probably won't see it until after I'm in the ground. And that's and and why is that? Because it's not my life. But mm -hmm. then the youth don't have patience with the elderly because the elderly need a little bit more time to recall something than the youth can based on Google or Bing or whatever else. So because the youth have the advantage of technology. They don't have patience with the elderly. And the elderly have a wisdom inside of them that you can't get from Google, that you can't get from Bing, that you can't get from Amazon. From Twitter. Yeah, Facebook, Snapchat, Bumble, whatever, you know. All whoever, that. All that. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's what I say. We're missing patience with each other because the, the day I met you guys, until this day, there, I have learned a lot because I've had patience with y'all. I didn't try to move y'all into a space that fit me for where I felt I was or where I think I'm going in life. You know, what was my number one uh, champion? What was the number one slogan I kept saying to you guys? I don't want y'all to be my employees. We're going to be partners. Mm-hmm. But we all come from an employee mentality. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to have patience with you guys because you had to have time to get to where you could get to comfortably interact with me as a partner. Like I had to give y'all that time. I couldn't mm -hmm. force that on you. Yeah, you, you can't because that's like it's a mentality shift. It's going to take time. Yeah, I, and I, go ahead. Oh no, uh, no, you good, you good. No, I was gonna say, and that's that's what that's what is lacking in at this point in time between the generations. That 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 unwillingness. That and that's a ooh, ooh, if we could get into the metaphysical spiritual application of hello when, when a person is unwilling. That means the person is choosing 
to not enter into a space that can unlock a door that will give them what they've always needed. Good day. Stop reading my life. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good day. Just reading my cards off. Whenever you are unwilling and you don't get what you've been wanting, that's your fault. That ain't nobody else's fault. You were unwilling. You failed. And that's all of us with each other. All of us with each other carry that mark on us. We're all unwilling to be patient. Mm. We, we got to get patient with each other. That's real. Yes, because child, it's that's hard. Real. That's That's, oh man, yes. I'll be trying. I really do be trying. Y'all right, came barred up tonight. Man, you did too? Right. Y'all came barred. Y'all came barred up. Like that, that the joint, the generosity, mm-hmm. patience. And what my, do my, you right, see? Right, I, I was, I was, I was about to lay it out, uh, because I feel like we just did one plus one equals two. Like <laughs> generosity and patience, and mine is communication. Come on now, and. I, d- I definitely want to give Brother Soaks his flowers because when he came to Keeks and I and it was like, uh, he, 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 he made it a point to say partners consistently yes, and to say like owners and to say producers, like to say words. He gave us titles that we never thought we could even acquire. And so that's just like giving, I mean, that's just like giving God dog an 18 year old gold and just say, make a million. Like what? What do I even do with this? Like, do I bury it? Do I hide it? Um, but for 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 Brother Stokes to tell us, okay, follow me. For Brother Stokes to be generous enough to mm. give Keeks and I the dream, or, or, or to communicate, for Brother Stokes to be generous enough to communicate to us a dream that is real, and to have the patience. For us to come into the dream to manifest our ownership, our producing, and for us to be here having this episode and in our own ownership, right? Just shows that we really be striving for achievement, man. And we're not just capping. Like we really do what we say. Like we don't we, we, we don't we don't practice what we preach, we preach what we practice. Come on now. And I feel like communication is so huge and it being reciprocal. So our generation looking to the elder generation, when I say our, I'm talking about me and Keeks. I gave I gave the numbers, you know, rewind the tape if you didn't if you missed it. <laughs> but our generation looking to the elders and like communicating with them and us learning from them and us teaching them, but it being reciprocated. The elders learning from us and teaching us at the same time. And then that doubles back on us teaching our children. Not only teaching them and guiding them, but learning from them. Picking things up that we've forgotten. Oh, man, I forgot to be a kid and just enjoy life sometimes. Oh, man, I just forgot to just kick back and don't worry about the realities of life and just enjoy the moment. Oh, man, it's not, man, it's not even really that important. It's about family. It's about relationship. Like, those things children can teach you if you are, if you are willing, like Brother Sook said, if you are willing to learn. 
if you are willing to still be educated. And I feel like that's the thing about about us just as a people. We feel like it's about the knowing. And it's like, no, it's not about the knowing. It's about the being. You're not a human knowing. You're a human being. So we can, we can care less about how much you know. It's about who you are. And I love how Belisov said, um, dang, what did you say was social engineered into us? I believe uh, the patience was socially engineered out of us. Correct. 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 When you said that, it hit. It hit. Because it just made me think of like, it just made me think of, 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 of capitalism. Our previous episode, you can check us out. Um, you can also check us out, all capitalism. Yes, it's on Anchor. Got uh, anchor.fm forward slash SFA Charlotte. Also on anywhere you can listen to a podcast. We're on all streaming platforms. So, yes, please, you know, double dip into this action. But it made me think of capitalism. Like, it's all about the capital. It's all about the money. It's all about the bread. You got to go get it. And once we were free from slavery, like, we, we saw our environment. Oh, we got to go get it. Oh, we got to go get it. Not, we got to build, like, not Black Wall Street. Cause that that's what we ended up doing. Cause we ended up falling. Cause who you own it, K? Keep going, ancestors. Speak to me, okay? So we ended up. We broke from slavery. We had to go get it. We had to go get it. Cause that's capitalism. That was the environment. But we ended up falling back into the community, into the generosity, into our patience. Cause that's who we are. Black Wall Street, Brooklyn. Like that's that's what we are. We are community. But it got broken up. And the community keeps getting broken up every time it comes together because that's America saying, stop being patient. That's America saying, stop being generous. That's America saying, stop communicating with each other because it's not on us, it's in us. It's naturally in us to do these things. But when we're socially engineered to go against our God-given gifts and talents, no wonder we can't, no wonder we can't really get what we want to get. Because we're trying to chase a dream that wasn't even our dream. We're trying to chase gold that don't even have our name on it. Matter of fact, we're trying to chase silver that don't even have our name on it. Our name is etched in gold. Why are we chasing silver? Mm. Our name is etched in gold. Why are we chasing diamonds? Our names are etched in the earth. Why are we continually reaching for this space? Like, listen, heaven is here. Hell is what they're selling you. But of course, they can't sell you hell, so they so they label it as heaven. Come on. Hmm. They're killing us in the food. They're killing us in the air. They're killing us in, with these injections, these vaccines. Cause they're trying to put it, they trying to put it in you. But realize it is already in you. From birth, pre-birth, after birth, all that. My brother so said, all, all, all this, this body that you see is just a bottle, B. The coke is in me, though. Once this bottle gone, that coke gonna last. So, yeah, man. Woo! That just spoke to me on that last point. <laughs> Ooh, they were flowing through me. But, man. Woo! This is a media episode. I, I did not expect it to go this well. But it went. It, it's Y'all exceeded my expectations. I love y'all. I love you, too, brother. I love, I love y'all. I love it, and, and, and I do want to. Say, I, I I love I love the, y'all listeners too. Th- thank you, family. Thank you for tuning in on our, our conversation today. Um, do y'all have any last thoughts, closing thoughts, anything you want to get off your chest? Scream, twerk something. I don't know. Mm. 
make sure y'all listen to all our previous episodes. I know you already said, you know, you talked about our m- most recent episode, Capitalism, but make sure y'all check out the other ones too, baby. <laughs> Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Man. going to New Orleans next week. All I want to say, all I want to say is to anybody listening right now, as soon as this episode is over with, sit down in a very quiet space and allow yourself to feel the parameters, the borders, and do your best to push past them, to expand your borders, expand your territory, expand your vision, see what's on the other side of what you never thought you were supposed to see past. That's what I'd say. Good day. As you were speaking, Brother Stokes, I just felt like I was on Pride Walk and you were just saying, see beyond the horizon. Like, <laughs> dog, you you got dog. Jeez, you sounded like Mufasa. Man, man, look, we'll do an episode. I'll, I'll make sure of that. I'm not going to say it's going to be the next one, but we're going to do an episode about what it truly means to be spirit. Have a- of human experience. Mm. We about to get to it. Okay, okay. That's that's as far as I, we'll do it sometime in the future. It ain't gonna be right. the next episode, but we'll do it sometime in the future. Facts. Right. Definitely, definitely, definitely put that on the list. Definitely put that on the list. But oh man, oh, I appreciate y'all for tuning in with us this great rising tonight afternoon. Wherever you at right now listening to this, thank you. I don't care what time it is. Thank you. We appreciate it. And, of course, always strive for achievement. And always remember it's in you, it's not on you. And like Brother Stokes said, see beyond your horizon. Because we're meant for so much more. And this is your boy Knoxless, a.k.a. Kaylin Anthony, however you want to call me. And I got my sister Keeks with me. Peace. I got brother Stokes rocking with me. Audi 5000, G. And we SFA Charlotte, cuz. 100. We see you next time. Peace.